Hello and welcome to Elevating Founders, the podcast for early stage founders to hear the stories behind the change makers and disruptors in the tech sector who are responsible for tackling the world's biggest challenges. Hosted by me, Sina Sadzada, and brought to you by London Tech Week. This is a very special episode because it's the final episode of our second series of Elevating Founders. And we're joined by Alina Maxomovic, the winner of the 2022 Elevating Founders Europe Pitch Competition, which took place at London Tech Week in June. Alina is the CEO and lead founder of WeatherTradeNet. Inspired by methodologies used by insurance companies, Alina has developed a risk scoring methodology for evaluating flood and drought risk across the globe in the past and in the future. Because of this, the quantitative risk ratings are comparable between geographies and between different climate change scenarios in the future. And so according to Alina, when discussing climate change, the first three questions to answer are, what, where, and when? So what better way to kick off our conversation? Hey, Alina, how are you? Hello, Sina. Very well, thank you. Thank you for inviting. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so glad to have you on the Elevating Founders podcast. It's such a pleasure, especially because you recently won the Elevating Founders pitching competition at London Tech Week. How did you feel when you won that? So first of all, I was not crazy for this at all. So the moment when this was the most important moment uh, of the nomination. I was sitting and thinking, probably this was pro- project number five. No, maybe two. No, <laughs> and so I was, I was, I was absolutely sure that it was not about me, uh, and uh, it was a big surprise. Uh, absolutely not uh, expected uh, any. Uh, anything of this kind. So this was this was a huge surprise. I was, uh, um, yes, I was happy for my team because they are working a lot. They are doing very good job, and uh, uh, also this is a sort of a recognition, maybe, of uh, public research for climate because. Um, because the, 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 for example, the, what we are doing, it's really, uh, it's really about climate science. Just we're trying to translate it to, to public, uh, so it's comprehensible. But it's really about science, and uh, uh, this was, uh, I think, a public recognition of uh, scientific achievements, maybe. Mm. Before we jump in, though, I would love to to get a bit of background about the business, just for people who don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so uh, Weather Trade Net is a, a startup. So we uh, we are registered since 2019. Uh, we were first working as consultants, and now we built our own platform. So it took us uh, two years uh, between we started coding and uh, uh, and today. So today, so we launched the platform in February. Since then, we are talking every day. We are talking to our potential clients potential customers. Uh, these are mostly big companies, so like very big 10, 90 billion revenues. So really uh, international, uh, well-known companies. And uh, um, it's going very, uh, it's very easy. It's very, um, so what we are doing, uh, we are offering the assessment of the company uh, asset by asset, so the, um, the buildings or infrastructure they own, um, the assessment of, in terms of physical climate risks. So the physical climate risks are floods, droughts, uh, wildfire, heat waves, like we had uh, last week in London, in Paris, yeah. and 
yeah. <laughs> not in Europe. Yeah, so um, this is exactly what happened yes last week that the interruptions with the with the public transport um, they uh, affect everything at the end, the supply chains, the uh, um, and even the security also the, uh, the uh, so we evaluate first of all we um so our platform allows to evaluate um for each uh, address the 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 physical risk in terms of exposure so yes or no uh if there is a risk um and also the um, we do it uh, in the past and in the future because global climate models provide this information so we deduce this information from uh, international global climate models uh, and yeah <laughs> That's incredible. Thing is, with with climate, especially now, is that because because of climate change and all these different like really extreme weather conditions that we're that we're experiencing across the world, like you alluded to a few of them, all these different policies are coming up, like rightfully so. so. At London Tech Week, you said that there's a new climate policy that's taking countries by storm. Like, what did you mean by that? Mm -hmm. Yes, um, it, it is really so. So, uh, in the two thousand. 17, the um, finance ministers of uh, G20 countries uh, set, uh, set down the Financial Stability Board and uh, they um, asked for an initiative uh, which is called Task Force on Climate-Related Disclosures. So the, uh, this initiative, Task Force on Climate-Related Disclosures, which is uh, um, which everywhere you, you see TCFD, TCFD and, and it's an abbreviation of the, um, of the initiative. Uh, so this uh, uh, allowed to formulate the set of um, uh, recommendations for uh, climate policy. So uh, then country by country, uh, the um, legislators are formulating the climate policy uh, with these recommendations. So the recommendations, uh, they are mostly, let's say, mm, the recommendations, they uh, uh, ask companies to uh, disclose the financial impact of, uh, uh, of climate change, uh, how climate change affects their business. And also the, the other part, so this is called physical risk, and the other part is called transition risk. So companies need to evaluate... Uh, uh, their carbon footprint or their pollution, for example, water or soil pollution. So um, task force and climate related disclosures um, requires from companies to disclose the transition and physical risks, mostly the financial part of this of these risks. So yeah, you talk about physical risk and with you guys at Weather Trade Net, you translate uh, climate science data into an assessment of physical risk and I guess the implication that that has. Uh, for the business how I'm, I'm really interested to see like where this goes because I, I guess how should new climate reporting look like for, for corporates basically the um, uh, the idea is that the first companies need to set down the um, the the strategy how to approach this um, this issue so because it's very new for companies it, it's uh, absolutely uh, so, so the big industrial companies uh, they have already the teams with the climatologists working. So, but even for them, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a something new. This risk assessment, financial risk assessment. So, even for them, it's something challenging. 
for financial institutions, for banks and for pension funds, this is absolutely new dimension. Um, so the, this coming year, they will need to define a strategy, how they will be approaching this subject. So, so the, the evaluation of each asset uh, during this year is not uh, mandatory, but it is necessary to find the data to define how this um, uh, climate data could integrate the financial uh, uh, planning and uh, how to combine this all together. Uh, so, so this is mostly about the strategy right now. So it's not yet about uh, optimization or um, maybe not yet about decision making, but about yes, uh, the the governments are encouraging companies to start thinking how to incorporate climate risk in their business decisions. You, so you have all these different like tools and data that your platform provides. What's the financial impact, I guess, like for corporates when it comes to this? Um, okay, so uh, our tool allows you to get the data. So this is because very often the challenge is uh, where do I get the data? Uh, is it Google or Yahoo or <laughs> what do I use? <laughs> so uh, we basically we solve this uh, first uh, uh, question is where do I get the data and what type of data I could uh, have? Because um, for companies, they... Uh, uh, they uh, typically they don't have time and they don't have uh, um, the capacity to process uh, hourly temperatures and uh, they just need to the time series for example of how many floods or how many droughts or how many hurricanes do we have they uh, they already need the um, manageable product uh, how frequently it happens, right? And where, so which of our assets is exposed? So basically we answer the question uh, where, uh, which of the assets is exposed, uh, what, exposed to what, uh, this one is exposed to flooding, the other is exposed to drought. Uh, and also when, so when means uh, uh, how often, uh, and uh, uh, is it, uh, for example, in the context of climate change, uh, if, whether the frequency of such events is supposed to increase or decrease, because it can decrease as well. For example, the cold stress uh, for cold waves uh, in certain areas, it decreases. So, so the, and the severe storms also in certain areas decrease. So it's not necessarily increasing, but the question is, yes, where, when, and what? <laughs> You're, you're extremely knowledgeable about the climate situation. You've been in climate for a long time, for years, right? So that it makes a lot of sense. What I'm really interested in you specifically as, a, as an individual, what made you sort of make that transition from, I guess, being in climate to making that transition to being in entrepreneurship and tackling that problem mm -hmm. at, at scale? Mm -hmm. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur. <laughs> oh, it's, it's uh, uh, something, uh, it's, it's, it's a special world. It's a... Uh, uh, I think it's a very challenging because you need to know a little bit of everything and you need to talk to clients and you need to be very good with your product and also you need to know how to sell it. So this, all this together, it's uh, very attractive and um, challenging. Um, it's uh, a little bit difficult, but um, motivating. And um, this was one of the reasons why when I was a scientist for research institutions in France, 
every two years I was changing the subject because I wanted to know this type of technology, another type of technology. And yes, I was, I was changing because it was intentionally. Uh, wanted to learn a little bit about everything, radars, lidars, satellite, uh, all types of what exists, how do we use it, you know? <laughs> See, I've spoken to a lot of entrepreneurs, I think like, I think maybe I've done about 150 podcast episodes in total with entrepreneurs, like a, a lot. And whenever I speak to, I guess, entrepreneurs that are in the sort of ESG space, I think like similar to you where they're in a space where the, the issues and problems that exist are so large, like climate change as a problem is massive. And of course, you know that more than a lot of people because you've been in the space for a long time. It can be fairly difficult to, I guess, focus on a few different problems within that overall problem because I feel like people would want to like fix everything. And I think that's what a major downfall is for a lot of like upcoming entrepreneurs. They try to tackle every single problem under the umbrella rather than focusing on quite a few. What made you decide to go down, I guess, this solution that you have where the trade net is like the first of its kind self-service platform in, in the industry? What made you tackle this specific problem? So the, um, the first thing, um, uh, it's very important for uh, my team and this is what is motivating them is that we provide the data not only for uh, big companies or for, to banks, uh, to those who are, let's say, rich and powerful, but also we provide this data to governments and NGOs. So this is a very important driver for my team, why they are working on this subject, because they are interested in the fact that we, uh, we are symmetric to any player on the uh, on the market that, that everyone needs this type of data whether there is f flood risk or not it's important for um, for um, a community it's important not only for insurance but it's important on the governmental and administrative level for planning so we um, so this is our common um, idea of the project uh, that we see first of all we, we see the need from uh, big companies that they need this type of information, but we don't don't want to make it just one way, not not just for not just for them, but also for the others. And the and the, I think the pricing is important in this case. That if you make the pricing too high, then you eliminate um, many potential. And the other thing that also we. Um, so we are the only company that uh, allows to preview the data without our, um, let's say, survey. So they, you can access the platform and preview the data without telling me about this, about uh, having my authorization. And um, it means that you have already the information. Um, so uh, none of our competitors is uh, opening their platform, opening their data, just like this, you know. So, so the, we we really allow with very small budgets to access the data and preview, so that the most important you can see it without paying for it. Why do you think? Why do you think competitors do that? Okay, so first of all, uh, when there are very few uh, data providers, you can do whatever you want, right? So, so the so along the way, the more there is competition, the more there is uh, open. Uh, data and open sources so it's I think it's just a natural process in, in the business that first of all you do it just for selected companies and then somebody will come and say hmm we can offer it to everyone 
Mm, that's really interesting. I didn't know that. And you mentioned your team quite heavily there. Your team at Weather Trade Net is extremely unique and really well like experienced in different industries. I guess, like, yeah, tell us a bit more information about the team. Okay, so we all live in different countries. So it's, it, this wow. is fantastic. This uh, that's a real pandemic <laughs> business, right there. Really, really full, yeah, full speed. Uh, but we worked uh, together uh, during previous projects. So, so this is a this is how we we met along the way. Um, so, so Falmer, co-founder, he um, he lives in Netherlands. Uh, uh, he is a, he he holds a PhD and. Um, uh, he's very good with the supercomputing. So we, we were working together. So for him, taking petabytes of uh, data and processing them within 15 minutes is something. It's, 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 a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a game, you know, it's a, it's a joke, you know, he's it's just easy. <laughs> uh, so um, Pavel, uh, also co-founder. Um, so initially, he's also a climatologist, uh, but uh, he uh, he has a second degree in finance and he worked for Deloitte and uh, he's now in charge of our accounting and our uh, financial planning. And the, this is great that he has both a distant climate and financial uh, background so the, and experience with auditor um, uh, for companies. Uh, yeah, so, um, so in total, we were eight to contribute the project and we, uh, there are four, so me, including me, four PhDs and there's a, almost the fifth coming then one, uh, uh, <laughs> will be five PhDs <laughs> soon. Uh, mm, yes. And, um, the team is growing because along the way we need, uh, talented, uh, uh, experts in finance, in uh, insurance underwriting, in climate data processing, and people are joining us. Yeah. <laughs> that's incredible. That's that's incredible. And you, so, yeah, your team is scattered across the world, which I think is incredible. But why do you think the UK, or I guess London more specifically, is an amazing place for early stage founders, mm -hmm. especially in climate? Several reasons. So, uh, first of all, the, um, the, the um, so the TCFD uh, initiative was uh, originally announced uh, in in the UK. So, the Bank of England was uh, leading this initiative, uh, and uh, uh, investors and the clients are really aware of this uh, initiative. So, so this is a uh, let's say the starting point. So, along the way, uh, more and more. Um, investors and clients will be aware of this uh, in, in Europe and in the United States. So it's 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 starting. It's it's a it's a uh, it's a quite long process, and it will take maybe one year, two years more. But um, already, it, you, we see it. So we we survey our website, the visits, and who is visiting our website, and uh, the UK is leading the the top. <laughs> they're the most active visitors do you think do you think that's because i don't know do you think people are more conscious in the uk and london or do you think it's like a i don't know like a law thing like a policy thing like why do you think it is okay so it's it's all together so first of all uh, in the uk there there were already similar services before so so they for example the parametric insurance for uh, climate risks for flooding or wind wind uh, um, for power sector, um, the 
the parametric the climate parametric insurance was already is, is already quite developed so many companies they understand what means a risk assessment climate risk assessment for physical risks for example for wind power installations by parks um, so in in general i think in, in terms of technology and in terms of policy uh, in terms of insurance um, just uh, the, uh, yes, the clients are much more prepared, much more uh, advanced in understanding what means climate risk and how to assess it. And, That's a really good. And uh, yeah. London is the capital of uh, the. It's uh, the mother of uh, insurance business. Also, it's. It uh, is. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah where it right. started. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. With the, with the ships going to, uh, so in seventeenth century, the, uh, the the ships going to India to. Um, uh, to, uh, yes, to, to to buy the tea and to buy spices, they uh, they were taking kind of an insurance whether the, the ship was going to return back or not. So it's, um, it, it, there is a long story of insurance for climate. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. So you mentioned before you before we wrap up the podcast and go towards the quick fire questions, which I know like a lot of people love, love that part of the podcast. What's next for Weather Trade Net? Growing. So we are uh, on the seed stage right now. Uh, we uh, we are uh, talking to our investors, potential investors. Uh, I hope during this uh, coming three four month uh, we will unlock this part. Uh, this will allow us to secure our talent so we uh, the, the team uh, is waiting uh, they are looking forward to to start uh, uh, really actively you know full-time uh, london office uh, all together so we need to set up this uh, this uh, very important part um, there is a lot of work so the, the 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 competition is very good news because it's very healthy competition we're all doing scientific work uh, the, the the few companies who are doing similar things they are um, they're really publishing very interesting things and it's very important what they are doing so uh, and there are two companies two other companies in London also doing a similar a uh, similar project uh, the environment is interesting exciting um, and um, and very useful for society because it's not only about the uh, asset evaluation but it's also about the, the the population about um, uh, sustainability, about biodiversity, about the forest um, protection. It's about many. Yeah, that's good exactly things. what I was saying. Right, <laughs> the problem is so big. There's so many different verticals below that. So yeah, just focusing on one, mm. it can be quite difficult sometimes. You <laughs> want you want to tackle all the, all the problems. <laughs> we will try to tackle all of them. Yes. <laughs> All right, so Alina, let's go towards the quick fire questions before we wrap up the podcast. So number one, what technology did you find most useful during the pandemic? Uh, during the pandemic, we developed our own technology uh, for <laughs> weather trade net. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> risk, uh, the risk metrics, the risk scoring across the globe, which is the uh, adaptation of parametric insurance um, methodology. But parametric insurance uh, methodology is for one dimension, time dimension, and we are in 3D space. So it's a uh, uh, geog different geographies, so uh, Earth, the entire world, and time. So we, we uh, created our own risk metrics. 
technology. <laughs> I think I think that's the first time someone put their own technology, but I can see why because <laughs> you built you built it all during the pandemic. So the second one, if you could go to the pub with any entrepreneur, who would you choose? So I'm in love with the project. It's uh, called Windy. Uh, so it's a web app uh, with the weather forecast data uh, for coming week. Uh, it's uh, the most beautiful application I ever saw. And I would love to meet um, the founders of, uh, of this application and uh, to tell the, them in person that I admire their work. That's amazing. So you mentioned Windy. What's another startup? I guess what's a startup that you're loving at the moment and why? I don't know if they're a startup. Yes, I'm following uh, many uh, projects where uh, it's mostly climate tech and fintech um, uh, startup uh, uh, environment. And uh, so there are many. I cannot really, uh, let's say, distinguish one, Uh, mostly on sustainability, on uh, net zero, uh, targeting uh, a lot of a lot of interesting projects yes and and, uh, and probably we will contribute as well so we will we are all right very last quick fire question before we wrap up the podcast fill in the blank to be a founder you must be uh you must be uh yes um hard working very hard working uh you must be very kind and um Yes, yeah, you must be very humble. Uh, you give the example to the others. You must be reactive, and uh, uh, um, you always know where you're going towards. So it's uh, this is important. You always believe in your project, um, and uh, you need to know how to listen because uh, there are many things happening along the way in the. you can change your mind along the way regarding the project so you need to be flexible and maybe to give up on certain ideas because somebody will bring you a better idea and you just uh, uh, go forward with them together with the better idea lovely answer great way to finish the podcast alina it's been such a pleasure having you on the podcast on elevating founders thank you so much for coming on how can people stay in touch with you and weather trade nets going into the future so thank you very much for this um, fantastic opportunity, Sina. And uh, uh, yes, please get in touch with me directly. Uh, so either via the website, uh, we have the contact form. So weathertradenet.com, we have, the, we have a contact form. Also, I, I'm very active on LinkedIn. Very welcome to join me on LinkedIn. Uh, Elena Maximovich, PhD in climatology. You'll find me. There are several Elena Maximovich on, <laughs> weather, on, um, on LinkedIn. And very welcome to follow our... YouTube channel. Weather Trendnet has a YouTube channel where we have tutorials how to use our platform, where we explain the um, financial impact assessment and when we, where we talk about climate risk and the, and the policy also. So this is very important part. Yes. Perfect. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast again, and I'm sure we'll chat very soon. Thanks so much. Thank you, Sina. See you soon. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Elevating Founders and thank you so much for listening to the whole season. If you have any questions or comments, head over to our social channels linked in the show notes to join the conversation or email us at elevatingfounders at informer.com. If you enjoyed this episode and the season, we'd really appreciate it if you could rate and subscribe to our podcast. 
And a very quick update, the third series of Elevating Founders will be live in October. So stay tuned, subscribe to the podcast, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen, and we'll see you in October. Have a great summer.